and welcome to episode 33 of the Pouring My Art Out podcast. I still have no place to record, so I'm in the backyard. You'll probably hear dogs walking around and kids playing in the other yard. and I don't know, leaf blowers, airplanes, birds chirping. But anyway, this one is called Saving Christmas, and I am going to try something new. But first, a word from a new sponsor. Come to the Donald J. Trump going out of business presidential yard sale. Buy a tiny desk only used once. A black Sharpie marker used to convince people a hurricane was going where it wasn't. Special glasses for viewing a solar eclipse, never used at all. High quality COVID resistant face masks, never worn at all. Detailed plan of the Capitol building so you can get your next assault on democracy done right. The name Trump from his hotels, large fake gold colored. 55 gallon drums of Orangutan Industries Industrial Strength Orange Sunshine Realistic Tan Formula Tanning Goop. A warehouse full of Miracle in a Can Spray On Hair Cement with real armadillo bristles mixed in for added fullness. And also boxes and boxes of extra long red ties. Cases of bleach, never been drunk. And a whole bunch of, I tried to overthrow the government of the United States and all I got was this stupid t-shirt t-shirts. Also, 5 million Chinese-made imported MAGA hats at rock-bottom prices. All pardons already sold to the highest bidder. Cash only. No refunds. Bids will be taken when necessary. Location of sale not decided yet. Don't wear a mask. Stand back, but stand by. This episode is going to be more personal than usual. I am going to tell the story of how Christmas and New Year's were saved, and I'm also going to tie these stories directly to my blog, where there are lots of posts with lots of photos. In fact, since no one so far seems interested in saying hi to me on my Pouring My Art Out Facebook page, Please leave a comment on any post about these stories on the blog, pouringmyartout.com. Tell me you listen to the podcast and your name, and I will mention you on the next episode. The thing is... Oh, hey, Thing, how you been? Uh, good, good. How about you? Fine, thanks for asking. The thing is that being all art side of the brain... I can tell a pretty good story, explain the things I do, but describing a tiki I carved or a picture I drew or painted or a glass object I made in my glass-blowing classes is like explaining a song. I can't describe a song in a way that lets you hear it. I can't describe all of my art in a way that lets you see it. My travels and real-life adventures fall into the same category. The other side of the coin is that I can tell stories here that the pictures and captions on the blog do not really capture. 
This is the tale of how my family struck back at the COVID virus, the Grinch that almost stole our Christmas, and managed to come together at great cost and effort. It is the story of our weird family Christmas traditions and a New Year's party that was really about America emerging from darkness. And there will be stories about animals and old friends, food you may have never heard of, and the beauty of my favorite place in the world, the San Francisco Bay Area. Our story begins with the family spread out over many miles. My wife and I live in San Diego. Our younger daughter Molly and her boyfriend Ben live near Los Angeles. Molly is studying to be a nurse. Our older daughter Jessica and her husband Jason recently moved from New York City to Portland, Oregon. You have heard all their voices on this podcast. My 97-year-old mother and my youngest brother, who takes care of her, live in the house I grew up in in the hills near Berkeley across the bay from San Francisco. Needless to say, keeping her safe and all of us safe from the virus was a major concern. We all quarantined for two weeks and then got tested. I drove my mother-in-law's motorhome in convoy with a car containing Molly, Ben, and my wife just so no one would have to use a public restroom. Now, on any year, Christmas is a big deal to us. I have three brothers. Two of them are married. So with parents, kids, and now kids' girlfriends or boyfriends or husbands, there were usually 16 or more people at my mom's house, with some overlapping comings and goings, for a full week or so. Also, we have English roots, and we do this weird English Christmas dinner with rare roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, and plum pudding. Plum pudding gets soaked in alcohol and lit on fire. We also have crackers, not the snack food, those tubes of cardboard wrapped in Christmas paper containing a small explosive charge that lets out a crack when you pull on the ends of the tube and contain paper crowns, jokes, and little gifts. It is all a real production. Just the plum pudding requires a trip in San Diego to an English market near downtown San Diego for the special ingredients and a trip to a special butcher's shop for the suet, a magic kind of meat fat that never goes bad. Seriously, if you don't want to look at the pictures on the blog, at least Google plum pudding. Christmas, the actual day, was a little sad. I worked Christmas Eve and Christmas and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day in my night job as a private security officer. Molly and Ben were in New Mexico at his parents' house. Jess and Jason were in Oregon. I tried to cheer my wife up with some homemade presents, which you can see on the blog, in a sort of mini 12 days of Christmas thing. But eventually we all made it to the Bay Area, a 500-mile drive each way for us and, uh... Another long drive for the new Oregonians. And the delayed Christmas festivities commenced. The whirlwind began. There was a motorhome and car full of gifts and luggage to unload. There were presents to wrap and set under the tree. We had one full day of preparations, making the sweet sprinkle-covered Christmas bread for Christmas morning. Our late Christmas Eve was in full swing, passing quickly. We have developed a new family tradition, one that came after my daughters were nearly grown up. The matching Christmas jammies. 
Yeah, you heard me. There are photos. It happens every year. My favorite one was the one where all the guys got full body jammies with butt flaps like the old long johns had, but held closed with Velcro strips. I don't wear them often, not in San Diego, but Christmas in the Bay Area, they come in handy. Go ahead, look back at the old Christmas posts on the blog. We will wait for you. And I will let you in on another secret. My daughters are 21 and 30. One is married, one had her boyfriend along. We still make them go to bed at a reasonable hour so my wife and I can stuff stockings full of sweets and games and electronics and pens and little oranges called cuties. Then I have to sneak into the rooms in the dark to place the stockings at the foot of each bed, including my brothers and my moms. In the morning, the kids are trained not to wake us until 7.30, but then they come in and pile on our bed and Christmas officially begins. The stockings are unloaded, coffee is made, and the Christmas bread, rising overnight with yeasty Christmas magic, is popped in the oven. We all go into the living room, wearing our matching red plaid jammies this year, and the opening of the presents begins. I suppose I will tell you about the presents I got soon, but I am still working on some stuff that I did with one or two of them. Anyway, we did the presents while we ate the sweet bread. We took photos and played with our gifts. At last, we prepared and ate the Christmas dinner. My daughters have loved setting the table since they were little. The fancy dishes and silverware, the candles, placing the Christmas crackers at each place, and the day faded into memories with all the other Christmases. I think we had the day off before we celebrated New Year's. Jessica, my older daughter, is a party planner by inclination. In fact, she worked with a wedding and event planner for a while. If you go back through the blog to special events like major birthdays or weddings, they are all her handiwork. She timed our New Year's festivities to occur during the inauguration of our new president and vice president. She ordered a life-size Joe Biden cutout. We all wore silver tiaras that said Happy New Year, but she had stuck cards with the word president over the word year on the crowns. Even Joe wore one. Happy New President. It was like a new year and a new world. We even ended up singing A Whole New World from Disney's Aladdin. My 97-year-old mom drank champagne at 9 in the morning. Look at the photos of my daughters as Joe was sworn in, as well as our first female vice president. That was a good time. I let the girls use Molly's new manicure kit to give me one very long fake nail with metallic red overlaid with flame decals so I could do a blog post giving Trump a special one-finger goodbye salute on his way out the door. You know what? I am not going to talk about the presents that I got. If you want to know, pop back into the blog in a few days. It will be a surprise. So let's wrap this up. We did go out one time to see our friends and their son, who happens to be our godson, at a beach near the Golden Gate Bridge. Good pictures of that day. We played the foot-pumped antique player piano and had a sing-along one night. We took walks. I took pictures of flowers and birds and dogs. We watched raccoons eating the cat food outside the dining room windows. All the usual stuff, but with less side trips. 
And then we were off, back to life as usual. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Leaving for our long drives in opposite directions. Okay, that's about... Hey, 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 Art, it's Jimmy. Hey, pal, what's up? That was beautiful, man. I was there, and I still liked it. Jimmy, are you crying? Nah, don't worry about it, man. Okay, buddy. Well, that's it. Bye, people. Bye, people. We will play you out with a song I like to call Hail to the Thief, the Trump presidential going out of business yard sale theme song. (laughs) 